Taking charge of your future starts with taking the first steps. And saving up to $30 a month on Cox Internet with the Affordable Connectivity Program makes those steps easy to take. Whether they bring you to click upload on your first short film or join now for an online book club. Applying is easy. See if you qualify at cox.com slash ACP. Non-transferable one per household application and eligibility decisions are made by the FCC. Hi guys and welcome to the season three of Little Woman podcast. I want to give a shout out to Paula. This is the message that she left me. Hi Nina, this response is a bit late, but I love your Little Woman content. Thank you for sharing all your studies and research. I read the book earlier this year for the first time and I fell in love with Joe and Fritz's relationship. I'm so glad I binge listened to your podcast to further my love for them. It also kickstarted an obsession with Ella May too. She's such an interesting woman and moved around in so many circles. I can't believe there are people that still don't get Joe and Fritz. While reading, I found it very obvious that Joe was falling for him. I mean, the girl didn't shut up about his hands and how nice he is. My heart melted at the moment when it says, rephrasing here, if Joe could have seen the professor kissing the picture of her before going to bed, she would have known why he was visiting her hometown. I see here Joe's influence on Fredrik. Being with her and knowing her encourages him to be more active, take initiative to things unknown, to go find answers to his questions, try finding another job for bettering his nephew's life. Okay, this is getting too long. I'll leave you with one of my favorite Joe and Bear moments that just warms my heart and makes me laugh. This is a quote from Little Man. Now, if you make fun of my plan, I'll give you bad coffee for a week. And then where you are, sir, cried Mrs. Joe, tweaking him by the ear, just as he was one of the boys. Thank you for sharing your passion. This is one of the nice comments I have ever received about this podcast. Huge thanks to you, Paula. I hope the new year treats you all well. Last year wasn't the greatest for me. There was a lot of grief. I'd better tell you the whole story. It has pretty dark parallel to little woman. I lost my grandmother in the summer. She was 98 years old, so she had had a full life. But it was still sad because we were very close. And I remember in the memorial service all my cousins were crying and I have like 10 first cousins, and I was thinking how amazing grandma I had. She had so many grandkids, and she had time to all of us. Because every time when I would go to see her, she was always interested of what I was doing. About a year and a half ago, my sister was diagnosed with MS disease. MS disease has these different levels. She has the mild version. It's still very serious. Some years ago, my aunt died to cancer. And she did not tell my mom that she was sick. I don't know why she didn't tell to my mom earlier. She didn't tell my uncle either. I think she just wanted to protect them from the pain. And my grandmother, it happened like 10 years ago. It was uh, cancer in the spine. Nobody could do anything about it. Only her kids and her husband knew about it. And I think she didn't tell her because she didn't want my mom or my grandma to be upset. And the grandma who died was my father's mother. This one is my mother's mother and she is still alive and was her caretaker. My mom was upset because she was one of the last people to know. Me and my sister, we have always had very open communication. And she's my only sibling and we have always been very close. And when this happened, 
We promise that if either one of us gets sick, we let the other one know immediately. And I rather know than not know. But I also understand my aunt because it is so difficult to see somebody you love experience physical pain. And what you really want to do is to take that pain away from them, even to yourself. But you can't do that. You can only be there for them. But it makes you feel so helpless. Sometime after my grandma had passed away, me and my sister were talking about her. And then she started to talk about her will and I just lost it. She shouldn't be thinking of her will because she just turned 30. And I don't know how I can cope with it. This is probably the most that I have shared about my personal life during the lifespan of this podcast. Few people have asked me to talk more about Beth and I started to work an episode about the time and show took care of Beth, but I have not been able to finish it. But I can tell you that I just really hate it when people say that Beth dies because she's a weak home mouse and she's nothing like Joe who wants to have fun in New York. We already covered this a bit in the last season, but in the book both Joe and Frederick are like two lonely souls when they are in New York and Joe has this wish that someday she has her own family and she can live close to her parents and her sisters. Or they say that the only reason Beth exists is that Joe gets inspired to write Little Woman and none of that happens in the novel. Gerwig's film really emphasized on it. Like, let's get rid of Friedrich because Greta Gerwig doesn't think he's handsome when in the book Joe herself is not written to be pretty and use Beth's dead as a catalyst for Joe to write her book so the audience sees how much of a feminist Joe is. In the actual Little Woman, the novel, it is Frederick who inspires Jo to become the writer who she wants to be and eventually write Little Woman. If Beth would have not got ill, Jo would have stayed in New York much longer. She and Frederick don't argue when she leaves. She's actually very sad that she has to leave him. Jo puts writing off for a year just so she can concentrate on Beth. The reason why Beth dies is because Louis's sister Elizabeth died to a terminal disease and it was a hard blow to Louisa because she was a nurse apprentice and Lizzie was very close to her. And when I hear people say that Beth exists only to show how much feminist Joe is, it's like, don't talk to me. You don't know what it's like to watch your sister battle with a terminal disease. My sister, she takes her medications. She walks with a cane. There are times when she gets these attacks when she cannot move her hands or her feet. I wasn't sure if I should talk about this, but maybe it helps people who are experiencing the same. It is very scary. When I started this podcast, I thought it would attract people like myself who like to read and analyze the woman and are fascinated by the Alcots. I wasn't really prepared that people were also interested to know how I am doing and how my family is doing, which is really sweet. And I just want to thank you all who have sent me messages that you love this podcast. I got a message from somebody, I think they were American, that they decided to read Little Man after hearing me talking about it. Then I got another message from a Finnish listener who got so interested that they ordered a copy of Little Woman to themselves and decided to read it. It's like the greatest compliment that this podcast can get, that somebody got so inspired that they decided to read the book. When I was listening what you guys would like to hear, some themes that popped up was the scenes that the movies include but are not in the book. Or they are really strangely adapted. 
and how that affects the people's views about the characters. And these are things like messing up with the timeline. In the book, Joe had already developed feelings for Friedrich when Laurie proposed, but in the movies, Laurie's proposal happens before Joe goes to New York. So a lot of viewers think that Joe is going to come back and say yes to him, or and more choosing Amy to go to Europe. And then viewers think that Amy just stole the trip. When in the book it was the case of Joe being rude to Aunt March and her friend, so she blew her chances. And I think this is not in the films because it shows Joe in a less favorable light. These differences are going to be the themes of this season and I hope you enjoy it. My guest today is Christina and she runs a blog on Tumblr called Joe and Frederick. It's not just for Joe and Friedrich fans, there are also lots of Amy and Laurie fans. It's one of the only online forums I've come across where people talk and analyze Little Woman books. They talk about the adaptations, but the majority of the members are more interested about the novel. I was happy to have Christina as a guest because she has been doing these character analysis a lot longer than I have. When I started to do this podcast, I was very inspired by her writings and continue to be even today. The name of this episode, You Are Meant for Labor, Not for Love, it comes from an article that my little woman friend Nadine wrote about Joe's looks and how because of the way she looked, she wasn't expected to get married. And Christine also published an article about the same topic and today's episode is going to handle that. I will put the links to both of these articles to the description. This is Small Umbrella in the Rain, Little Woman Podcast. You are meant for labor, not for love. Hi. Hi. Finally get to talk to you almost, well, not quite person to person, but, you know, kind of back and forth. Would you like to start by introducing yourself and what's your relationship with the old woman? Hello, my name is Christina. And if you are on Tumblr, you probably know my blog, uh, Joe and Friedrich. It was started because I just love them so much and did not think that they uh, got the recognition they deserved. And I've been a fan of Little Women for the longest time. Like, first time I read it was, like, between, I'm going to say, the ages of 10 to 12. That was, like, somewhere around the ages that I started to read it. So, been a fan ever since. That's amazing. It was the great illustrated copy of it. So, like, it was sort of the abridged version. And then managed to, over the years, finally get a hold of a copy that was an unabridged version. So, So, it was sort of a journey to get to where I'm at right now of like almost full-blown obsession. (laughs) (laughs) I think one of the reasons why I actually started my podcast was because of your blog. Because when I was younger and I was obsessed with Little Woman, I was in Leave Journal and then there were like Amy and Laurie group and Joe and Friedrich group that I was lurking there. They slowly vanished. (laughs) I think your blog was really the only place where I could find people who were interested from the canon. Everywhere else, it was just about the films or very strange views about Little Women that I did not agree. I am very grateful to your blog, and I think many others are too. 
Oh, that, that's so and great to hear. Yeah. I mean, I felt just like you. It was like either most of the people that were around me didn't know or care about little women. And those that did were just kind of knew only like, the, like you said, the movie version. And it's, many of them are great. Uh, we'll, I don't know if we'll ever get to it, but we can, you know, I have many thoughts of the most recent. But most of the times, the film version seems to sort of more, put more focus on Joe and Lori. And I was like, no, like, to me, I don't know, it felt, and this is because, again, I remember when reading the books, I was like, it almost felt a little incestuous to me because I always identified with Joe and I have a brother and so much of Joe and Lori's relationship while they were like growing up felt very much how like me and my brother would interact just this very goofy you know uh, ridiculous antics that to the point where I would probably be doing like some of the more quote-unquote boy stuff so when people were like oh Joe and Lori I'm like ew that's no I can't <laughs> like not at all that for me was just like that's just too weird I can't even fathom the thought of Joe and Lori at all yeah, that is very true. And then there is this quote from Louisa May Alcott where she writes that she wrote Laurie to be the brother that she never had. Yeah, it's very shocking that, I, that most people don't pick up on that, really. How in, incredibly brother and sister their relationship is like. And I, and I know that some people are like, oh, I love the idea of childhood friends to lovers, but it's like not them. <laughs> not them at all <laughs> yeah I think with Laurie there are a lot of things that people just ignore about his character and we've talked about this before like uh, the catfishing and um, mm -hmm. the proposal and him threatening that he's going to hurt himself and all these very disturbing red flags are there but then they're not in the films and most people don't know about them yeah, it's it's amazing just how how the media will change your perception of what a story is. Because I remember, I don't know if you maybe had seen it, but someone, I think it was either it was their own post or someone replied to a post I did. And they're like, you know, after watching the 2019 movie, I was like, maybe I'll go read the book. And they were not just surprised, but full-blown shock mm. to see that there was no not even a hint of Joe and Lori and they were like in a way disappointed and like kind of really like upset that Gerwig would do that when like the book never did so so it's amazing so yeah it's amazing how like the how media slash you know movies and whatnot will change how we perceive how the story should be because that's not how it went at all. Somebody commented quite recently that we cared more about her actors than the book itself, and I think that mm -hmm. could be true. I think it's also a problem in the 1994 film and maybe the 1949 film. <laughs> <laughs> she just continued this long tradition of romanticizing Laurie. There's no ex excuses for that. No, not at all. And and this is not, like, I, I think in general Laurie is a good character, but it takes him a while to get to be a great character but they all got flaws you know and but he just seems to be the one that really is like stand out and to the point of like okay that's very problematic dude you know during this day and age if you did 
at least one of those things that Lori did, uh, a girl would be like, just dump him, girl. Don't even bother, you know. But, but yeah, like I said, they don't put focus on that. And I, and I think it's a shame because when he does propose to Joe, and I, and I do have a little thing I want to mention about that. I'll get to that in a moment. When they portray his, like, heartbreak, is like, oh, poor Lori. But it's like, no, it's not really poor Lori because you've had so many signs leading up to Joe being like, I can't or I won't because you clearly didn't catch the hint before. And I've gotten some people, I've seen some people that have said, you know, Joe was so mean to him during the proposal. And it's like, not for nothing, but wouldn't you be too if after all those years, him trying to like, you know, flirt with you and like kind of try to kiss you and whatever else. And you're just like, uh, in the nicest way, no. And then you just being so fed up with it. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't blame her at all. Well, in the book, the reason why Joe goes to New York is because Laurie was harassing her. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and that was what I was going to say is that I hate when, when the movies do the proposal before New York, because it seems like she's just trying to like walk away from like heartbreak or like, Oh, I can't watch poor Laurie be sad. And it's like, no, it's, it, she left before proposal happens mm. because she, wants to get away from him so that way he can be like all right just take time try to maybe after some time away you know you can figure out that you don't really care for me as much as you think you do and that's why when she comes back she's just like you know what i'm done yeah i don't like it when the movies kind of switch it because i feel like it does it almost in a way to be more sympathetic to lori rather than sympathetic to joe was that the same in the 2017 series? Like, I think that's the, the only version that I can think of that actually did it the right way. Yeah. He proposed her after she came back from New York. Yeah. I still think it, he was very romanticizing in that version as well. And it's so important that it happens after New York because, again, it's one of those moments where it's sort of like you sort of have an inkling that maybe she has a lot more feelings for him than you think she does. But the other version that actually does it correctly is the BBC version, the 1971. Because in both of those versions, they both say like, you know, oh, don't tell me you fell for that old man. And it's like, that's such an important moment because mm -hmm. it's Joe standing up for Friedrich and saying like, don't talk about him like that. And like getting that sort of like first inkling that maybe she has a lot more feelings for Friedrich than you would think she does. And standing up to... Lori, who has been her friend for many years and pretty much saying, shut up. You don't know what you're talking about. He is as dear a friend to me as you are. Like, I think it's very important in showing the development of Joe and Friedrich's relationship is that one little moment where she's sort of is like ready to just tear Lori apart because how dare he say something poorly about her Friedrich. Yeah. And if he's her, her, her friend, he should respect her. But there are a lot of indications that he doesn't. Like before yeah. Joe goes to New York, there's that time when um, he's low-key trying to flirt with her and she clearly says no. And then mm -hmm. before that, a couple of years before that, when Beth gets sick for the first time, I think he's trying to kiss her and then she says no. And she's yeah. 16. Uh, and when she goes to New York, then she just starts to develop these feelings for Friedrich. So it's just this 
natural way of things that she would reject him. <laughs> I think one of the things that most people miss in The Old Woman, even some people who read the novel too, is that it also happens to Laurie that when he's with Amy, he sort of starts to become mm. more independent, which is not the way his and Joe's relationship works, because he was kind of was looking her to be his nanny or somebody who taught him what to do. But then with Amy, he sort of becomes more independent and also wants to find some something else to do his life than just, you know, writing these operas for Joe or or music. He wants to be productive. So it's all thanks to Amy. Or she pushes him to finding purpose that he was lacking. Yeah, and and I think that too he sort of seen Joe as almost a safety net that no matter what could happen, good or bad, he can go to Joe and she'll be like, It's all right, Lori, it's fine, everything's gonna be okay. But with Amy she's she says like, Well, you gotta learn how to stand on your own two feet. It's not that I can't be there to almost come for you or to be like, you know, oh, that's all right, Lori, but I'm not gonna be your safety net, if you're going to fall, you know, try to help yourself up in a way. Um, but yeah, I think that's what it was. He's just gotten so used to falling back to Joe that he doesn't realize that he could do stuff on his own. And Amy allows him to do that. Embrace the tranquility of Ocean Isle Beach. As the crowds ebb away, the true essence of this coastal haven comes alive. Stroll along the quiet shoreline, collect seashells with loved ones, and savor the calm that only the off-season can bring. Discover cozy cafes, enjoy unhurried walks, and relish the beauty of nature's canvas. Ocean Isle Beach, where serenity and connection flourish. Your stay awaits at OceanIsleStyle.com. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yeah, and it's really a boy's proposal because he says he gives up, he gave up billiard and uh, smoking <laughs> and what else. So that's not a really good reason to marry. Right. Yeah, that and, oh, let's do it because everyone expects it. Like, okay, but what about, you're pretty much listing almost every reason except the fact that we love each other and I'm clearly sitting here telling you I don't love you that way. Like, mm. you know, he's trying to pressure her and like, don't disappoint us, Joe. Like, don't, you know, grandfather wants it, your family wants it. And it's like, um, what about what I want, Laurie? Like, I don't want this. At that moment is his most selfish moment because it's, I want what I want and how dare you not want the same. Yeah, I was so disturbed when I read Gerg's uh, interview and she said, that how would Joe reject the handsome young Lori? I could go on forever. I, I, I bother my friends sometimes when little women comes up and I'm like, the Gerwig version, because <laughs> there is so many things. I have no idea what her goal was with that because 
it felt very much all over the place. And like you said earlier, it felt more catered to the actors. And, and it's such a shame because I had before obviously seeing Little Women, I watched Lady Bird and I thought Lady Bird was great. And uh, when it said that, oh, Saoirse Ronan is going to be Joe and Timothy Chalamet will be Laurie. I was like, oh, that's great. Cause it feels like they have a great good chemistry, but you know, I think that it's, you know, they'll work it out. And then I'm like, when watching it, I was like, that's no, that's not, you, you totally missed. The point is here and you went way over mm. your way. And I'm very disappointed. I was expecting better from you. Yeah. One of my friends read the Joe and Laurie book. You heard of, heard of it. Oh yeah, that's right. I do. She said that it was like Gerg's version in that sense. It felt very disrespectful to the original material and for the author. I'm not going to read it because it makes me angry. Yeah, no, I I couldn't stand it. I, I, I don't know if I could even do it as just a, tell us what you think. I'd be like, I, I can already tell you what I think. I'm just not yeah. going to bother because it, it would have been a very, I almost want to say like abusive relationship because it, they're, they both are such hot-headed people and while Joe at that point in the proposal has learned to sort of manage it. I feel like that if she was married to Lori, he would sort of bring that old habit back and it would just been incredibly destructive and just not in any way good at all. It, it would have ended, I mean, back then they really couldn't divorce as easily as we could today, but I think it would have been miserable by their first anniversary. Mm. You know about Louisa and Larry Wisniewski, the real-life Laurie. Because, mm-hmm. um, you know, they had a short time together, and Louisa liked his sense of humor and his company. And then they continued writing letters when she went back to U.S. But then later on, she wrote her journal that he was boring. And mm-hmm. then one of my um, friends wrote that... Um, well, if Joe and Laurie would have gotten married, Joe would have thought he, he was boring. Yeah, because, and too, I think she would quickly realize just how childish he is, because at that point, she has already kind of understood, like, she's sort of grown up, um, not in the sense of, like, being, like, forgetting, like, who she was in the past, but, like, grown into the person that she should be and sort of understanding herself better. But... And I almost feel like that Lori almost sees it as a kind of betrayal. Like, how how dare you grow up? I want to be Peter Pan forever and let nothing happen. And it's like, well, this is how it is. And and Joe did have that earlier when Meg got married. But I think she she was able to learn it to take it gracefully and to sort of realize, like, things change, but it's okay. And here's the best way to go about it, to stay true to myself, but also be more accepting of the change. Whereas Laurie, I think, sort of saw Joe as his last hold on to the past and let nothing move forward. Whereas Amy is more of that symbol of here is what the future can lie ahead. You know, let's not think on who I was as a child, but who I can become tomorrow. And I think that is that if uh, if Joe was to have married Lori, he would have been stuck in that sort of perpetual childish stage and she would be the one to grow up and, like you said, be mother to him. And 
it would have been a totally imbalanced relationship. Whereas with Amy, he would learn to grow and they could grow physically and mentally together old. I, I think that they don't kind of really show that as well as I think that they should have in, in adaptation. Yeah, I agree. And Louisa May Alcott, she has this quote about character development that the character grows when she moves on from another interest to another. Well, that happens to Joe with, with Friedrich, and it happens to Laurie with Amy, which is really interesting. Mm-hmm. But I think, you know, Laurie's ideas of romance, they are very unrealistic. Nobody is the same person they were five years ago. In some form or another, you change. Who I was in high school is not the same person I was now. And I sit back and think, like, thank God, because I don't think I was the greatest person then. But that doesn't mean that, one, that I'm a a horrible person that I can't learn and grow from it uh when you think about like Lori, like yes he did it was very not so great things but he can learn and grow from it but when people say that like you know oh alcott ruined joe's character and made her into something different it's like didn't you pay attention joe is still joe she just learned how to to understand herself better and and this is what i think people don't get is that Joe wasn't trying to be a boy and to be a boy or that she repelled a lot of the social norms because, you know, because she hated all of them. It was because she felt constrained by it or that she was always told things like marriage is only for the benefit of getting money or property and it's either do that or be a spinster and she's like well I guess I'll be a spinster for that because I will not be that person rather than being told like you could marry for love and you know no doubt for someone like her you know if we're going to kind of think of also how Alcott herself was I I was bullied a lot when I was in middle school which is like probably your most formative years from transitioning from childhood to teenage years i had always had that feeling that nobody's ever gonna look at me and love me and i think that in a way joe must have felt the same because throughout the novel at some point or another whether it's in the nicest way possible if you could say or very harshly joe has been told like you know nobody's gonna want you if you don't behave or you know you're too you're too tall and you're too gingly for this and you know it, Joe if you don't curb your uh language you know you're never gonna find a husband like so no doubt that for all those times that she's ever been made to feel that who she was as a person is totally unworthy to be married that she was like you know what then I guess I just won't get married because it's better to accept that than to hope for it and nothing happen. And that's kind of what makes, I think, pushes a little bit more of why I love Joe and Friedrich so much is because he never made her feel bad for who she was. Never. Despite what some of the versions will try to tell you that like him being like, oh, how dare you write for the Daily Volcano? That never happened in the book. Never. But he never made her feel inferior. 
which is something that Lori had done in whether he meant to or not had done to Joe because no doubt somewhere in the back of her mind she was like I know people are expecting us because uh, he's wealthy and we need money or he will throw like sort of like his privilege around and she'll kind of somewhere in the back of her head be like yeah I don't have that privilege as both a woman and someone with no money but Friedrich always encouraged her he was he listened to her and she listened to him and they grew from it and I think that was like for the first time she felt like maybe there isn't something totally unlovable in me that if someone can look at me and go you are fine as you are that there may be still be hope and the fact that these two sort of little quote-unquote oddballs of their society can find love and happiness is not only so sweet but it's so like inspiring you know it almost makes you feel like you know what maybe someone could love me for all my oddities Mm. and imperfections judy was boring hello then judy discovered chumbacasino.com it's my little escape now judy's the life of the party oh baby mama's bringing home the bacon whoa take it easy judy The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. That's very true. And I think a lot of people just don't get that because Joan Frick tend to be very romanticized in the films as well. And... um, I, I told you about this recently that my sister watched the 1978 version mm-hmm. and she liked that because Joan Friedrich seemed so normal. They were not overly romanticized. They were hardworking and you could see that they had this similar mm-hmm. interest throughout the series and my sister hasn't read The Little Woman. She has seen the 1994 film and this 1978 uh-huh. series. Yeah, that and you can see the respect between the two of them. That's that's the biggest thing I feel with Joan Friedrich is that even if it's not like this poetic romanticized version that you can immediately tell there is an enormous amount of respect for each other. And that is, I think the biggest thing for a relationship is respecting one another and knowing that, that you're both on equal playing fields. Somebody commented on my Instagram that, um, uh, there are a lot of people who say that they are like Joe, but then they're actually not at all like the book Joe, because <laughs> the book Joe, you know, she there are some boyish things that she likes, but then she also likes to be a mother, and she loves all the boys. She wants to start a school for boys, and then she also likes to knit and make clothes, and she likes to read romance novels, and she cries when she reads them. She adores uh, her niece and her nephew, and she loves Friedrich's nephews. She has some very feminine qualities. When you say that, it reminded me, I made it like a while ago, like quite a while ago, but it sticks with me. I said something like, if Joe was present in the modern day, and this is again, because I was very cringeworthy, but I was also this girl too. It was like, that like era like the 2008 to 2012 or so time and where the girls were just like I'm not like other girls like Mm -hmm. and they made it seem like that you know if you 
like the color pink or you like this you like makeup and you like this wearing dresses it, it was almost like a negative quality and i i think joe would have been that type of girl like in the beginning of the novel she would have mm. been that i'm not like other girls girl and what makes her relatable at least to me is like throughout the book she kind of realizes like there's nothing really wrong with liking those things that's why i say like she learned to understand herself better that like i can have some of the more stereotypical boyish qualities but still like the girly things but someone it sticks with me forever they replied saying you're an idiot and then they proceeded to block me oh no like they 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 didn't block me just long enough for me to see it and then i was like wait let me check that again and then i found out they blocked me <laughs> And I was not saying it as like to say like, you know, oh, George, Joe is a terrible person. Like, no, I'm saying that she's a flawed person. And that's how her character grows. She goes from being like, I don't care. Girls are stupid. Boys don't have any drama to being like, you know what? There is nice things about being a girl and there's nothing wrong with that. So, so yeah, it, it's amazing how some people just don't they say that they love joe or no joe and then say stuff like that i believe i don't know if maybe you had seen it but someone had like favorite literary character of the day joe marge and said something like oh but then they gave up their independence to marry that old professor and i'm like first of all you don't know the book if you knew the book you would have seen how that went down and I don't think you really care about the character as much to say, like, to make that claim of Joe gave up her independence and she's not that great of a character because she did that in marrying a man that loved and support her. And honestly, I think as quote unquote unromantic as they are, they had probably one of the most romantic proposal scenes I've ever seen uh, in book true. or in movie. <laughs> yeah, it, it's amazing how some people just, they think they have an idea of the character and and I almost sometimes think that's so Lori of you you have this perceived image of what Joe is and what you want Joe to be when the truth is Joe is not like that but you just want her mm -hmm. to be that way and it happens to be most of the time the Joe and Lori shippers that have that sort of delusional idea of who Joe is supposed to be I think the the whole idea of not being like the other girls, it comes from very deep misogyny, actually. This yeah. idea that you are better than fellow women, it's a form of misogyny. And it was a trend some time ago, hopefully not so much these days. I think one of the problems with Joe, especially when she was younger, was that she identified so much with the masculine that she became very misogynistic. And you can really see that when she sort of makes fun of uh, Meg uh, wanting to go to a ball or Amy, you know, trying to impress her, her female friends. But then she grows out of that. And I think part of that actually has to do with her, her and Laurie's friendship sort of not fading, but she's growing out of it. Laurie has some great qualities, but he does sort of embodies this sort of 19th century typical, yeah. you know, young man, the way they behaved. 
Jill got some really bad influences from him and he from her as well. And then I think she kind of tries to block her emotions sometimes because she feels that if she shows her emotions, then people are going to see her weaker. And when the people see her weaker, she's more feminine to them. She also grows out of that as well. And and that's why I think it's why it's so even more moving to see her character development because she goes from being someone who is so closed off and no, don't, this is not tears, I just got something in my eyes type of person to kind of being more open to take advice from people, more open to to criticism and more open to wanting to grow because I think it's very much a stifling thing when you are told like just hold it in because you know it's going to be seen as weak and and as someone that in some ways I'm I, I was a very sensitive person but I was always told that in the very negative light so I was like all right you know what I will just try to hold it in and that was not healthy at all uh, and it was so almost in a way seen as kind of like you know a very feminine thing like oh you know she's just an emotional little thing the mm. poor thing and it's like mm, it, in some cases I was right like you know what they said was very rude or mean but boys will be boys and you're just being too emotional over it mm. having Joe kind of learn how to sort of be more open and accepting and and to have a positive influence like her mom and Friedrich that just to name the few to just sort of be like it's okay like there's nothing wrong with being vulnerable it doesn't mean that you're weak it just means that you're open to to having other people help you and and sometimes that's the hardest thing is to Mm -hmm. admit to say saying that I need help or this is bothering me or I don't know what to do because if you just are that person that's like yeah sure I, I know what what you're doing I know uh yeah I totally know that and you don't that can cause a lot more problems and uh I for me it was I had to sort of unlearn how to uh unlearn that behavior because it didn't help me in the slightest so now I've kind of lived by the model of if Mm. I don't know it I'll ask for help I'd rather admit that I'm being in quote-unquote idiot rather than make myself look even more of an idiot than pretending I know what I'm doing. Yeah, and I think it is a very long process for Joe to unlearn those habits. Real man, there's Nat's character. She kind of calls him girly, and she sees him a bit weaker than the other boys because he's so sensitive, and she has this similar relationship with Laurie. Mm -hmm. It's not that Friedrich is not sensitive I guess he's not as sensitive as Laurie is. How would I put it? He's more, he's a lot more grounded and Laurie's very idealistic. I, I, I guess if I had to sort of think of it, it's like Laurie was who I was when I was in school, where I just took everything and made it full blown. Whereas now I'm a little bit more like Friedrich where it's like, that hurts, but let's, let's try to just sort of, what's the best way to respond to that mm. very sensitive moment. It's a much much more um, mature response 
Mm-hmm. You try not to take everything too too emotionally or too personally. Laurie does that. And I think to some extent, Jo was like that as well when she was younger. That was our discussion today. Christina and I will continue our chat next week. Little Woman Channel now has a newsletter. So if you want to get notified whenever a new episode appears, you can now sign up for the email list. You can do that at littlewomanchannel.substack.com. Thank you for listening. Take care and make good choices. Bye. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.